The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. This is the Wells Cast with Wells Adams, an iHeartRadio podcast. One of two things uh, is happening to you right now. Either you are listening to this right before Christmas and you're probably on the way to the mall right now to pick up gifts because you're like everyone else and just waiting until the last minute. If so, damn, dude, because you're running out of time. Or this is being played on your car radio after Christmas. And if that's the case, um, why'd you wait so long to listen to the podcast? But it's fine. Also, uh, Merry Christmas to you. Hope everyone um, has a great holiday, or if the holidays already happened, I hope it was a great one, full of families yelling at each other and all that goodness. want to say a big thank you to Scott Eastwood for coming on the show last week. That was cool. Um, his clothing line... Um, made here is is dope and it's you know obviously promoting making stuff in the united states which is really cool and yeah go check that out if uh if it is right before christmas you still have an opportunity to uh, buy that stuff the episode today is going to be a good one um if you are a big fan of the show the masked singer you're going to know this or if you're a big fan of basketball you are going to know this guy on the Wells cast today, coming in at six feet, four inches tall, Victor Oladipo. Back on the Wells cast. I almost said Pratt cast right there. Whoa, man, blast in the past. Uh, hanging out in the Burbank studios here at iHeart. Uh, in the studio right now, I have Victor Oladipo. What's up, dude? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Good. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, obviously, I want to talk about your your basketball career. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about uh, the mass Singer mm-hmm. because that's another thing that you proved to be very, 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 very good at. <laughs> um, but I don't know if anyone told you the idea of this show is kind of an origin story. Mm-hmm. Um I'm just super fascinated in finding out how people got to the point where everyone all of a sudden 
knows who they are right. and follows them on Instagram and mm. watches them every night. Mm. So, Victor Oladipo, where did you come from? Um, I was born and raised in PG County, Maryland. Uh, my parents are uh, Nigerian. Um, I'm first generation Nigerian American. I have three older sisters. I have a twin sister. And we grew up in the PG County area. I have been singing since I was seven years old. I've been playing basketball since I was four years old. Um, went to high school, DeMatha Catholic High School, PG County, Maryland, uh, for four years. Uh, then left, um, went to Indiana. Uh, Indiana was actually my only scholarship going into my senior year. The really? One I had, yeah. Uh, ended up going to Indiana. Um Went there for three years. My last year in Indiana, actually, before that year was up, I, I wasn't on any draft boards. Um, and then my last year in Indiana was my third year there, my junior year. I was the number two pick in the NBA draft. Um, three years in Orlando. Uh, then got traded on a plane. Didn't find out till I landed. Um, <laughs> uh, went to OKC uh, for a year, and that's when I did my first EP, my first album. Um, songs for you. Uh, the year after that, I got traded again <laughs> on a plane. Didn't find out till I landed. <laughs> Can someone get this guy a Wi-Fi password <laughs> on a plane? Didn't find out till I landed, and then uh, I found myself back in IU. I mean, in Indiana, uh, where it kind of all started for me. Um, and now I'm in my third year there. Um, and last year I put out my second album. So and now I'm. Two-time All-Star, um, and the thing of my day. <laughs> By the way, I, mean, I want to get to Mass Singer, but did you have any um, any say in the costume and the name? Um, no, unfortunately, I didn't. No, they came up with the name and the costume, but I definitely picked it for sure, though. You did? Yeah, yeah. I had options, and they asked me if I liked it, and I told them, yeah. Perfect. Okay. We're going to get back to that. I want to go back to your childhood. You started playing basketball at four. Mm. You started singing at seven. Mm. I mean, you're obviously a very tall guy. How tall are you? Uh, six, four and a half. Okay. Were you always a tall kid? Cause yeah, I, yeah, I was always a tall kid growing up. Um, probably stopped growing in college, but for the most part, I was a pretty tall kid. Were you, what were you better at as a kid, singing or Playing ball? Um, I would say playing ball, um, even though I wasn't really that good in, in that until later. But, um, I mean, I think I was a decent singer. Um, from my sister's point of view, it was more so annoying than anything. So yeah. I wasn't really sure if I was good <laughs> at it until later. Wait, how you weren't good at basketball until you were in high school? Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah. Um, even though um, I was in high school and I, and I got a scholarship going into my senior year, I didn't have any offers. Um, and then... Coach Crean, who was at IU, came and saw me play in December of my senior year and offered me right after one game. Um, and that was the only school I had. I uh, went on the, the uh, my recruiting visit there, and I committed right after the after the visit because there was nowhere else to go. Yeah. <laughs> so, But I played like there was. But I tried to act like there was more places to go, but that was the only place that really wanted me. So it ended up being a good choice for me. Okay, first of all, that, that's crazy to me, though, because that is a – basketball powerhouse mm-hmm. and everyone knows Indiana as like the place mm-hmm. to go play basketball. That's like in the, the Duke, Kansas 
UCLA, mm-hmm. Indiana. Like those are the big schools. Mm-hmm. How is that the only school that is looking at you? Well, I mean, um, I think after, you know, the little scandal that they had, um, Coach Green kind of came into place. And the year before I committed there, they probably only won like five games. Um, the year I got there, we only won like 10 or 12. Yeah. We were like the worst team in NCAA. <laughs> and then my sophomore year, we got Cody Zeller, uh, Christian Wofford, Jordan Halls, Will Sheehy, all those guys. And um, we eventually, you know, beat Kentucky, uh, who was number one. That was their only lost that entire year yeah when christian hit that buzzer beater on december 10 2012 so uh, and after that that's all she wrote that's when we kind of turned indiana basketball back around did you know when you were in middle school and in high school that like was the goal the nba yeah it was been the nba since i was four really that was my goal yeah i've always wanted to be in the nba since i was a little kid that's all i used to talk about so what what do adults say to you when you say that um, coming from Nigerian culture, it was a little different because it was more so you had to be an engineer or a doctor or a lawyer. So for me to say, I want to go to the NBA, I was kind of the odd child out, yeah. the odd ball out. But, um, for some reason, my heart, that's where it lies. Yeah. So I just try to follow my heart and it turned out good for me. Once did your parents ever be like, okay, fine. If this, if this is what you're going to do, then you got to do it. Yeah. Uh, my mother was always on board for it. Yeah. Took my dad a little time. Yeah. <laughs> Took my dad a little time, but eventually he was on board too. And now are you the golden child? Uh, I wouldn't say I was the golden child. My, my, my sisters might say I'm the favorite, but yeah, I wouldn't say that. And I, I would just tell them, you know, um, without them, I wouldn't be who I am today. So they take, they should take all the credit. Honestly. Are you the youngest? Yes. Okay. I'm a baby. Um, and you have two older sisters. I have three older sisters. Uh, three older sisters. One of them is my twin sister. She's older by five minutes. Very cool. Yeah. Do you guys have like a weird connection? Yeah, I think we do. Honestly, like, um, there are times where I could just get up in the middle of the night and call her and I know she'll be awake and she'll be awake. Really? Yeah. Like the, when I had my injury, it was funny. She was sleeping. She fell asleep when the game started. Um, and she woke up in the middle of the, when she woke up in the middle of the game, I was actually falling during. So as I'm falling and getting injured, she wakes up pretty crazy. right? Wow. Yeah. Freaky stuff like that. And did she text you like right, right away? She called my sister and my mom and she said, I think Victor's hurt really bad. And I turned out being hurt really bad. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. It's insane. You should hear when she tells it, it gives you chills. Really? For sure. How about in the reverse. Have you ever felt things that was? I only, I only feel when she's sick. Yeah. And when she's sick, I can tell. Even if we're miles and miles away, I can tell there's something wrong. I call. I talk to her every day. When you talk to somebody, I literally talk to her every single day for the last twenty-seven years. So yeah, when you talk to somebody that much, and you were in the womb with them for nine months. Before that, it's kind of hard not to have a connection with them. Yeah. <laughs> Mother's Day is coming, and mom doesn't want flowers. She wants a cocktail. Here's a hint. 
Get Mom Bartesian. It's the countertop cocktail maker that creates your choice of over 60 premium cocktails in less than 30 seconds, each at the touch of a button. Flowers die. Happy hour comes back every day. So get Mom the machine that makes amazing cocktails with real fruit juices and craft bitters. Best of all, get $50 off a Bartesian premium cocktail maker with the purchase of one pack of cocktail capsules. So, instead of getting mom a reason to fill a flower vase with water, get mom the easiest, fastest way to fill her glass with the floral notes of gin. The best cocktails are premium cocktails, and the best day to get it for mom is Mother's Day, because you can get $50 off now for a limited time. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother to get the best premium cocktail maker for mom at the best price for you. Artesian, premium cocktails on demand. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have a, one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so you go to Indiana, you play. um, Did you graduate? Yeah, I graduated in three years with my degree in kinesiology. Wow. And then you get drafted. Yep. You weren't even on any draft boards to begin with. No, I wasn't. I don't understand that. How do you, how does someone go from not being on draft boards to being the second overall pick? Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> okay. I don't really know how to explain it. <laughs> Very confusing. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm um, not sure. And this entire time, are you still singing and like honing that craft? Uh, yeah. I mean, I would sing in the shower. If, uh, sing just around town. Um, there were some instances in college where we would have like this um, spirit of Indiana where they would take all uh, 24 sports and bring them all together and yeah. they would give awards and um, the athletes would show other talents. Um, and I performed at that 
performed at our Midnight Madness and sang Usher. Uh, you got a bad at both places. So um, I don't know how they found out I could sing. I guess somebody told them. But, um, was it a big crowd? Yeah, it was a decent crowd. I mean, it was all 24 sports. And, yeah. Um, and each team probably had anywhere from 15 to 20 people. So And was everyone just like, whoa. Yeah, I think they were pretty amazed that yeah. I was even capable of doing something like that. So yeah. It was pretty cool. After a while, people started catching on, and then they just asking me to sing everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So. All right, so you go to Orlando. Is that where what, yep. who drafted you? Yeah. And then you bounced around for a while. You yeah. find out that you get cut. Is it cut from teams or well, traded? Traded. Yeah. Traded from teams yeah, yeah. while you're on airplanes. Yeah, twice. Back-to-back years, too. What is the feeling like in, in that respect? Is it heartbreak? Is it hurt? Is it great going to another place? What is um, the vibe? The first one I was I was I was definitely hurt by just because you know I was there for so long. You know they drafted me number two. I thought they I was their franchise player. I thought yeah. they were going to invest in me, um, and unfortunately they they went another direction. Um, the second one was also just it just came out of nowhere. Honestly, you know that was my first taste of playoff basketball I didn't really perform at my highest level and I knew that if I wanted to be what I thought I was capable of I would have to change a lot of things in my life so I made those changes and then that happened I got traded um and it was weird you know you get to a point where you're like man am I good enough to be what I feel like I can be Mm -hmm. or you get to a point where it's like damn nobody wants me you know what I mean and eventually um you just got to sit down and look yourself in the mirror and say, look, bro, you got to stop caring and just go get it. And one of the interviews I did when I first got to Indiana, I said, man, no more Mr. Nice Guy. Because I feel like in my lifetime, I've been too nice mm-hmm. on and off the court. And uh, sometimes if you want to get to where you're going, um, you can't care about people's opinions of you. You just got to go get it and get it done. So that's what changed. You get to go back, I guess, kind of where it all started. Mm -hmm. Does it feel like coming home, playing for the Pacers? It definitely does, for sure. I mean, those those people basically saw me grow up, if you really think about it. So um, for for me to come back and have special moments like I've had so far in my career there um, has been uh, monumental in my lifetime. A lot of special moments that I'll always remember, um, and I look forward to building more. So... It's going to be telling. It's going to be nice. Uh, you get hurt. Yeah. Which, tell us about that night. It was a very, uh, very interesting, interesting night because I felt like before the game, I felt all right. You know, before that, obviously, I was having a, some knee pain and I, and I set out a few games before that. Um, and then I eventually came back, but, you know, I wasn't really myself. I wasn't that explosive. You know, there was still a little bit of pain in there, but. I could play through it. Um, and the night that it happened, I actually felt pretty good. Um, and, you know, you just, it, it, it's still foggy when I think about it sometimes just because it was foggy in the arena. Yeah. We were playing the Raptors, and it was a very important game, obviously, and the energy was there. The mist, everything, you know, you could feel how special the game was, how important the game was, and, I remember coming in cold, and when you come in cold in basketball, it just seems like everything happens that you don't want to happen. 
<laughs> the ball finds you. You know, you're not ready, but the, you'll be wide open. And that's basically what happened to me. And, you know, Kyle Lowry threw a, a pass over the top to Pascal, and I would try to run down for it. And I just remember as I'm about to take off and try to steal it, I just fell. Um, and at first I thought maybe Pascal tripped me, but Pascal was like, after watching the replay, was like five feet away. Um, and I immediately, it felt like my knee, my, it felt like my kneecap fell off. Like it fell off like and hit the ground. Yeah. So when I fall, I immediately look at my knee and I could tell there was a big dent between my quad and my kneecap. And I knew it was, I knew right away it was over. Definitely. I knew it was over. Um, and it's unfortunate, but my mom was there, um, in the crowd. And it's funny cause when I fell, I was facing directly towards her. So I could make eye contact with her and, uh, my best friend and my manager were there too. So I looked at them and I immediately shook my head like to let them know it was over. And if you watch the replay, as I'm getting stretched off, my mom reaches out for me, <laughs> but they're trying to hold her back because they don't realize it's my mom. So yeah. it's like your mom's reaching out for you, but she can't get to you. It was kind of a weird moment, but I was good. Everything was all right until I got to the x-ray room and my mom came in the, in the room. And you know, when you get to that moment where you see your parent and your mom, you know, it's like, okay, now I can really be a kid again. Yeah. And I just, you know, start crying and everything like that and everything just started flowing. The emotions started coming out eventually. Um, and then I cried for about three minutes. And then after that, I told everybody in the room, let's shoot a documentary because I'm going to come back better than ever. Um, I'm a very optimistic person, very positive person. And I feel as though that everything happens for a reason. Um, and I was believing that even before my injury. So I'll be going against everybody that has raised me. I'll be going against everything I believe in if I didn't apply that to now. Um, so when I tell people I'm going to be back better than I was, I truly believe I can accomplish that. And everything, I guess, that happened, does happen for a reason. That happening to you makes it possible for you to go on The Masked Singer, I suppose. Thanks. You couldn't do this show because it's... It's basketball season. Mm -hmm. So tell us about going from the x-ray table to going on Mass Singer. Like, how did that happen? Um, no, I started rehabbing, obviously. I went to Miami, uh, started rehabbing right away. I had surgery um, right after that. The next day I started rehab. Um, and then eventually, you know, um, you start learning a lot about yourself. Um, you start I started becoming a businessman, entrepreneur, um, um, start learning certain things about people and individuals that you thought you knew, but you really didn't know them as well as you thought. And eventually, you know, my marketing team came to me with this opportunity of being on The Masked Singer. Mm -hmm. um, and it's funny because about a year ago, I was watching it with one of my good friends, Alex Rich. And he was like, bro, you should be on the show, bro. Yeah. The, show's, the show is dope. And I'm like, what is this? It is called The Mass Singer. And I started watching it and, you know, saw T-Pain one. And I was like, wow, that's pretty dope. And then a year later, literally a year later, um, they come to me with the opportunity. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. I don't see why not. Let's do it. And, and then they showed me the thing of a jig. And I was like, yeah, I think I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, you know, it just kind of turned into something special after that. And I went on the show. I remember going on the show for the first time and I sang Easy by the Commodores or Lionel Richie. Mm -hmm. And um, 
it was funny because I wasn't nervous. And, you know, it's something unique. Like I've performed before, but not in a mask, not on Fox, not on this biggest stage, you know what I mean? And um, it's something that I always used to dream about doing, like doing like TV shows like this. Yeah. So I was wondering why I wasn't nervous, but I think it was because I had a mask on. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, well, I'm just hiding under the mask. Yeah. I just sing like I'm, it felt like I was in a studio singing in the mask. So, um, and it was fun. I had a great experience. And I remember after the first episode going back in my trail, I was like, wow, I'm kind of looking forward to doing it again. Yeah. <laughs> so then I started locking in. I started getting focused because it was like my first ever dose of competition since I've gotten hurt. Yeah. You know, as a competitor, you always are thriving for that because that, that feeling and that, that momentum is, is rare. You don't get it all the time. So yeah. for me, I was just treating it like it was a game every time I went out there and tried to perform to my best, the best of my ability and prepare like I was preparing for a game. What's more fun, like game winner or like hitting that note and everyone going crazy? Oh, man. Um, The game winner is special, man. Yeah. Just because it feels like when you hit a game winner and everybody is loud um, and you're the calmest one in the room. Yeah. um, It just feels like no one else is there. Yeah. And you're in an empty gym. And... I don't hear no one else. I don't even hear them screaming. And it's like, I, I I mean, I do this all the time. That's what I feel like in those moments. Like, this is what I was born to do. Yeah. But when you hit that note and they start screaming and you know, like, whoa, I don't do this every day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do this every day, but they like it. Yeah. Hold on. Wait a second. <laughs> this is awesome. So that's what that felt like. So it would be, it would be a tough pick, but I'll probably have to go with the game winner just because yeah. those moments are what I've been dreaming about even before I knew what dreaming was. Yeah. We had Paul Schaefer on the show a couple episodes back, and he was kind of telling us how crazy the process is of doing The Masked Singer. Like, mm. um, And one of my good friends, I was telling Paul, one of my good friends is a choreographer on the show, and she's like, yeah, when you guys, when they practice, they have to wear all of their, the suit, so like no one can know who they are. Is that true? Man. That is definitely true. Yeah, I had to cover my ankles. I had to cover my legs, my hands, my hair, everything. Yeah. So, and I had to walk around with a shirt that says, uh, do not talk to me. Really? Yeah. A sweater that said, do not talk to me. I actually still have that sweater because I might have to use it later. <laughs> <laughs> Press conference after a game? Definitely. <laughs> um, of the Mass Singer experience... What is, what was like the best part and what was the, your least favorite part? Um, I think the best part of the mass Singer was just hearing the judges' reactions to my performances. Yeah. Um, because like Robin Thicke, Nicole, um, all them people were up there, you know what I mean? And it was just like, they had some guest speakers like T-Pain and guys like that came and I was like, well, they think I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was it was a special moment for me because, you know, I kind of grew up watching 
those judges up there. So for them to really believe that I was actually good was kind of like a special moment for me. Um, I said the not so great part was just um, not making it to the last show because I'm a competitor. But second to last ain't bad at all for somebody who doesn't do it every day. So (laughs) I take that. I mean, mean, it's funny because I was watching the Dan Lebitard show this morning Mm -hmm. and Obviously, that's a show in which they talk about you a lot with your normal job, and they did like ten minutes on you from the Masked Singer, which I thought was amazing. It was a funny bit. Yeah. They're all talking about how good you are at singing that I think that a lot of people didn't realize. And so for you, it's got to be super. Uh, it's affirming that mm-hmm. there's this other thing that you always knew you were kind of good at, but like everyone talking about how amazing you are at singing. Um, has got to feel good. Does it? Does it make you want to do more of this? Maybe after your basketball career has ended, or while it's still going on? I mean, I, mean, I know we were just listening to Rope a Dope a second ago before we came in. <laughs> yeah, I think it it makes me want to do more now. I mean, um, why wait when now is the right time? Yeah. So I just feel like um, after doing this show, I think uh, it touched a few people who weren't used to hearing me or didn't even know I I sang in the first place. So. I think they're going to want more. And I think as I continue to go on that field and touch more people's lives, I think more people uh, will be drawn to my music and my voice. So um, I just want to share and inspire. Um, and at the end of the day, I, I was always told if you have a gift and you don't use it, then what use is the gift? So yeah, I'm just trying to share my gift. That's all. I mean, you had this horrible thing that happened to you and you, you, you blow your knee and, and you're not able to do the thing that you love. And then this thing happens like I, you can't say that. Are you glad it happened? But do you have some different perspective upon it now? Yes, I do. Definitely. Um, because. I mean, nobody really can understand what you yourself and your your inner being is going through. They can say they, that they're here for you. Yeah. They can say that they're here to support you. They can say that um, we'll do anything you need. We'll help you. But they can never really understand because they're not you. Yeah. And every human being is different. We all go through different situations. We all have um, different thoughts, different emotions, different feelings. But we are all still human beings. Um. So for me, you know, going through this has been tough, even though I would feel like I'm a strong minded person, a very strong person, um, a very God fearing person. It's, I'm still human. Yeah. I mean, even though some, you know, I wouldn't call myself, I'm abnormal, you know, I'm a superhero, but, um, (laughs) I'm still human at the end of the day. And it was tough, you know, not doing what you love. Mm -hmm. Um, and it just seemed like there were no bright spots. Um, but doing this show and, even though I didn't win, just hearing, hearing the judges, hearing the crowd and, and people cheering and people saying like, well, you sound really good. And then when the show's going on, they're trying to guess and they're naming guys like Jamie Foxx. Yeah, I saw that. John Legend and, um, guys like that who, who are like world renowned in music. And it's like, whoa, they think I'm those people. Yeah. Um, it's, it brightens up those dark spots you have. Yeah. So um, it was definitely a um, a great choice for me, um, not only because obviously it, it spread my talent, but it just kind of spread the joy in my life. So it was dope. 
How's the rehab coming? It's coming well. It's yeah. coming along well. I'm like, I'm coming back soon. I'm getting closer and closer. Oh, man. I can't wait, man. It's going to be it's going to be special. I have a lot to let out. I tell people a lot of times. I have a lot to let out. I have a lot to um express and the whole world's going to feel me. Yeah. Um we're going to take a quick break when we come back I want to do some rapid fire questions. All right. And um and I want to talk a little bit more about Jamie Foxx. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> John Legend. <laughs> Damn, dude. That's crazy, right? Mom met a lot of your demands over the years. This Mother's Day, get her the Bartesian cocktail maker that makes premium cocktails on demand. In just 30 seconds, have your choice of over 60 premium or seasonal cocktails, all at the touch of a button. Get $50 off on the Bartesian cocktail maker now when you buy one pack of cocktail capsules. So, for all the times you made a mess, get mom the countertop cocktail system that makes premium cocktails without making any mess at all. For all the times you begged for soda, get her premium cocktail capsules made with real fruit juice and craft bitters. For all the times you demanded tacos for dinner, get her the Bartesian that mixes margaritas in just 30 seconds. Make mom's Mother's Day and all the 364 days that aren't Mother's Day with a Bartesian cocktail maker at $50 off. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother now to get $50 off the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Uh, thank God for the limits. Every time I have a, one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune into what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Back at the Wells cast, Scott Victor Oladipo on the show. Uh, he is an Indiana Pacer. Um, he was just on a show called uh, The Masked Singer, and I think that he was robbed because he didn't win it, but uh, <laughs> the judges were in awe of your talents. Mm-hmm. You know, before the break, you were talking about how, you know, Nicole and Ken, everyone was trying to figure out who you were, and they were equating you to, like, real famous singers, mm-hmm. John Legend and, well, Jamie Foxx, he can do everything, I suppose. Um, Facts. <laughs> so now, now, once you get that validation, is it like, all right, chapter three, I guess, is putting out records, becoming a real singer and going on tour. Is that is that what happens next? I mean, I would love that. I would think that would be... They're pretty much the next step is maybe getting signed to a label, putting out more albums, putting out more music for people to hear. But we'll see. Only time will tell. I'm looking forward to it. Rapid fire questions right now with Victor Oladipo. Number one, who's your first kiss? Some girl in high school. I don't even remember, honestly. (laughs) She's so sad. (laughs) (laughs) She's telling everyone that story. I don't even remember. I made out with Thigamajig, and he doesn't remember me. <laughs> uh, first concert you went to? Concert? Yeah. Ooh, what was the first concert I ever went to? Um, probably be Little Wayne in college, honestly. They came performed at our school um, for Little Five, so I think that was the first performance I've ever been to, a concert I've ever been to. It was your first job? My first job? Um, cleaning the dishes on Saturdays. Yep. That was my first job. I, I considered that a job because, um, I couldn't do anything I wanted to do for fun if I didn't do it. So that was my first job. First car. First car was a BMW. Um, it was my rookie year. I think it was a seven series, maybe or a 750, something like that. 750 LI. BMW. Right. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Celebrity that you're mistaken for, other than Jamie Foxx and John Legend. <laughs> um, I get Idris Elba a lot. Yeah, I guess Definitely. see that. Yeah. Uh, who would you call uh, to get you out of jail? My manager, James Henderson, for sure. Yeah. He'll figure it out. He'll, he'll figure anything out. But your twin would know and be like... Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> she would find out fast. <laughs> What's your biggest pet peeve? Um... When people mistake my kindness for weakness. Teacher that influenced you the most. Teacher that influenced me the most. Um, my sixth grade teacher, uh, when I told her I wanted to go to the NBA, she told me I would never make it. And then no one from our school has ever made it to any high athlete or has become any professional athlete. So it makes me think I would be the next one. I later went back after I got drafted, and I was like, you remember when you told me? She was like, no, no, I'm so sorry. And I told her, no, 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 thank you. Because if you didn't, I wouldn't be who I am. Wow. It was cool. It was a powerful moment. Last person you texted? Today? Yeah. Um, Probably my manager, James Anderson. (laughs) I'm not in jail, James, I promise you. (laughs) (laughs) Who is the most famous person in your phone? The most famous person in my phone? Um, I don't know. A few guys in the league, I guess. 
Victor Oladipo, thank you so much for coming. Man, on thank West, you guys, guys for having having me. I had a great time. I appreciate it. What an amazing story you've got. Um, and if like after listening to this, your story, it's this was very much like when one door closes, another one opens. Story. Mm -hmm. So for everyone out there that may, maybe is going through some, shit, um, don't forget that bad stuff can be going on around you, but that doesn't mean something really good is going to be coming up next. Mm -hmm. Facts. Victor, thanks, man. Thank you. Subscribe to Wells Cast on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcasts. It's the internet. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. <laughs> people that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in exactly. to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, right. which is different than empathy, yeah. right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.